We now have our two short Bible readings, which Rachel is going to read to us. The first reading this morning is uh, taken from Paul's second letter to Timothy, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers, day and night. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And the second reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Rosemary, where are you? Come along, come and join me. It can be quite lonely up here by oneself, all on one's own, so it's nice to have somebody alongside me. Good. Are you ready for the second round? I'm ready. You know, Rosemary's done all this once this morning, uh, and uh, I think you've got to go and do it a third time at St. George's, haven't you? Uh, good. Well, Echi Homo Sunday, and we're, we're looking at all the work that's been going on uh, over the uh, many years. Uh, I assume that most of you folk here know quite a lot about Echi Homo, but there may be some of you who don't. And so I think it would probably help us if you could put us in the picture. Uh, how did this all, how did you get involved in all of this? And uh, when did all this happen? And, and what is Echi Homo? Have, yes, have this, that helps. <laughs> um, yes, Echi Homo is a Christian charity in Romania. And I first became involved after many years of helping to check shoeboxes that were sent over through Mustard Seed in Jersey. Um, I was invited to go over, so Tony, Rose Helly and I went to um, Romania for the first time in December 1996. And uh, we were not prepared for what we were going to see. And after settling into a very shabby office and told not to use the toilets if we wanted one to go in the hotel up the road because of the rats, um, we went to distribute shoeboxes to schools for the um, children who were deaf and dumb and the schools were abysmal and some of the shoeboxes that we were given to distribute unfortunately did not come up to our standards from Jersey, but fortunately we had other bits to put in the shoeboxes, so the joy was completed. But when we went back to the office, 
I asked the biggest question that I'd ever asked in my whole life, and it was to change our lives. That was, what do you do for the rest of the year when you've given out the shoeboxes? And they said, come and see. And we saw poverty that we'd never, ever experienced before. It was, it was so shocking um, that we just couldn't walk away from it. And when we came back to Jersey, um, we spoke to the church about it, and um, they gave us so much, so much support and encouragement. And in 1997, we formed the Jersey Trust, Friends of Ecce Homo Trust. And um, it went on from there. Um, we started sponsoring families almost immediately. So over the years, over 25 years, there are thousands, thousands of families that have been sponsored through the generosity of the churches of St. Juan and St. George and the generosity of the people of Jersey. It's been absolutely amazing. And through COVID, we haven't lost one sponsorship. That's great. Um, I, I've got a little note here. I, I wonder if you could give us one or two examples of the impact that uh, the work has had on people's lives. Oh, many, many examples. It's just wonderful to see people come out of their poverty and have a footing. Many people are not married in Romania. They live together and um, they can't claim any benefits from the government, which are not a lot, but there are benefits like medical aid and education for their children. So we've seen many families um, through the work of Ecce Homo hearing the gospel um, and coming to get married and therefore being able to access their rights really through the government and through the sponsorship period which is three to five years they're encouraged to get jobs the children well it is statutory they must go to school if they're going to receive sponsorship the children must go to school and the um it's just wonderful to see the different attitude in the home the cleanliness changes that they have pride and it's wonderful. Many, many families have come out of their poverty and are doing not well, according to our standards. It's still very hard. And for our children, um, we have one, our first boy, Christy, is starting university in September. And we're all so delighted, so delighted with that. It's wonderful. And one of our young ladies is starting art college at, um, they both live at Amic, and um, another one, a family of four gypsy children we had in, they had never had any education, so they went to a special school, but Simona was determined that she wanted to go to an ordinary school, and she's passed the exam that she can now go into a school with ordinary children and learn a trade. When they are 18, they leave... Um, Lanoi and Amic, and they go into what they call a trade school. It's a boarding school where they learn a trade and they're taught to stand on their own two feet, independent living with learning how to um, spend their money, etc., etc. So we've got so many, so many successes. Mm. 
Lovely. We're going to watch a video in a moment, uh, and various details will come out in that. But I wonder if they, perhaps it might be helpful if you could give us a little bit of the background to... Oh, I've made a note of Casa Ica, the elderly project, and uh, Amic Home. Um, perhaps you can sort of bring all these together. I will. Um, Casa Ica is a new project. It's um, taken over from Lanoi Social Centre... Um, the government in Romania, according to their knowledge and wisdom, have decided that they don't have uh, many children that need help or homes, so they have shut down all the social centres, as it was. They will only allow family homes now. That's up to 10 children living together. So Lanoi, the social centre, which was built with funds raised by St. Juan's Church, and then renewed by an overseas aid grant couldn't um, function any longer because they wouldn't allow us to take in any more children and all our children were growing up and becoming teenagers and leaving. So it is now Casa Ica. Now Ica Balash was Livia Balash's wife who many of us met when she came to Jersey. A wonderful lady of prayer. A true Christian lady who lived a very quiet, gentle life at home and people from all over Cluj and even outside of Cluj would come to her to spend hours and she would pray for them and she was just a beautiful, gentle soul. She died um, 10, 11 years ago now and anyway, the social centre now has become Casa Ica, a place of respite and rest for all those going into Cluj to undergo medical treatment, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, something like that. They cannot afford, and the parents or the family can't afford to be with them and to pay the prices of a hotel or anything like that. So Casa Ica has set up that they can go and sleep there, eat there, rest there, and it is already full and there's a waiting list of people to use those, that facility. So it's a real blessing it's a real blessing to them and to the staff of Ece Homo. They say they are learning so much from these people. The Elderly Project, wonderful project um, with the grandparents and the elderly people who are so lonely, so alone. It's really quite cruel to see them. They have to pay their medication. So their very meagre pension sometimes is spent all on medication and they really struggle for food or heat, heating in their rooms. Many of them don't have running water in their rooms. I think of an elderly lady who waited on our visit. Um, we promised that we'd come back the next year, and we did. And she waited for us to visit, and she died a day or so after we left. And she lived in a cupboard, really, a long cupboard, no windows, door that didn't shut, no running water, no bed, just laid on the city. And she will stay with me forever, I think, that lady. But we cried when we visited her, all of us, every one of us, from the girls to the social worker, we were all crying. And she said, don't cry for me. She said, nobody has ever shed a tear for me in my 84 years. She said, I'm not alone. God is with me and Jesus is right beside me. And that was 
such a, a sermon to everybody who was in that room. And it was beautiful. But we do what we can for the elderly. It's tough, but we're there for them. We make sure that they have meals, their medication. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's tough, but it's great. It's lovely. Amic, I've just spoken about. Um, they can take up to ten children. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. It was a real solace when Tony and I, on our first visit, we would go there with the children and get away from the poverty that we were witnessing every day, and it, it stayed like that. They're up to ten children now. We've got three new boys coming, three brothers. The Child Protection Unit has sent... Um, they've been on holiday because Amic's just gone on their um, five, seven-day summer camp, and they've travelled around Romania this year because all the children are so much older now, and they've seen wonderful sights, um, castles, fortresses, they've been to the Danube, and they've even been on Jeremy Clarkson's favourite road in the whole of Europe, um, which I can't remember the name of. Um, but uh, they've had a wonderful time, and uh, the children are, have been on this, on this trip with them to get to know the brother, their new brothers and sisters. And so they're, they're um, moving in, and they'll be ready to start the school year very shortly. Rosemary, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I've just put another note here. Anything else that you'd like to share with us and you only wish that we'd, we'd planned in advance to ask you? No, perhaps not. Well, the yes. only thing I would say is that they value our prayers so much. They really, really seek God's will every day before they start their day. They meet for half an hour to share a Bible study and to pray. And they pray for us every week. They pray for us in Jersey. And if we could continue to pray for them, that God will give them his wisdom, show them his way, and give them the strength that they need. Because it's tough during this COVID time. They're still trying to visit people. And sometimes even the family members won't visit their families if they're poorly. So they really do depend on, on the staff of Echehoma. And so tell me, pray, would, I think. would you love to have even more sponsors than you've got? I would love to have more sponsors. We're keeping three families sponsored now. And um, I don't know if every, anybody here remembers Nick Bell. Nick sponsored us for forever from when we started. And he's recently died and he sponsors several families. So... We would love more sponsors, yes, please. We're going to, we're going to watch the video in a moment, but before we do that, can I just, on behalf of all of us, say a big, big thank you to Rosemary, first of all, for saying, you know, when the Lord nudges us, um, we don't always respond, but for responding and for, I think, for taking this on board and for motivating so many of us and encouraging us to do this, to, to support Eche Homo, and uh, great. Thank you so much for all that you've done. Come on, let's really say thank you to you. We're going to watch the video. Thank you. 
Greetings, dear friends from uh, all of us in Echehomo. We would like to thank each and every one of you for all the support we've got from you. It's a blessing to have you as not just partners, but uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Last year was a different one, uh, not only from Romania, but for uh, all over the world. Fear, panic, isolation were the words that we heard daily. In March, we were forced to close the office's doors, but this doesn't mean our activity did not continue. Uh, we find support in the Bible, and uh, through that time of uh, so many confusion, unknown, we find the verse in First Timothy, which said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And this is the, the word that keep, came in our mind and gave us the strength to, do, to continue the work. I wish I could speak about how brave we were and the great deeds we have done. But the truth is, we just witnessed God's work. Through His grace, we continue to help and support not only the families in our care, but many others. Also, to encourage and visit the elderly to take care of the children. And through His grace, we hope to continue the work we are doing. Thank you for all the support, all the grace you are giving us. This pandemic situation has affected Romania, as the rest of the world, quite hard. Surely, the government's response was slow, and this caused a chain reaction. People lost their jobs as firms were forced to close their doors for too long. The local authorities couldn't intervene to help those isolated because of the lack of protocols, while panic took over the population because the information was coming through so many channels and the authorities were slow in giving an official response. Therefore, we couldn't just stand as spectators and we began helping those in need, isolated or too scared to leave their homes, by doing grocery shopping, bringing the necessary medicines, donating foods, and trying to counter the general panic with peace, encouragement, and support. Romania recorded in 2020 the biggest decrease of population in all Europe. The natality is lower than ever, and the elderly population exceeds the youth population by over half a million. Unfortunately, despite requiring urgent solutions, the elderly population and their complex problems are of no interest for the government, local authorities or people in general. The current COVID situation in Romania is the following. 1,081,875 Romanians got infected with the COVID-19 virus from the beginning of the pandemic till today. 34,260 died, which represents 3.17%. And over 4.5 million people got the vaccine, both doses, this representing about 25% of the population. A serious issue was hospitalizing the patients who needed oxygen or were in critical conditions and had to be in the ICU units, but we didn't have enough beds in these special units in none of the major cities not to mention smaller towns. We managed to get somehow through the three waves, but specialists expect a fourth one in autumn due to this new Delta version. 
We currently have between 50 and 100 new cases per day. This year's winter was long, and this meant an increased need of wood for elderly and families in need. Also, increased costs for gas and electricity. We had an unusual cold and rainy spring, summer starting suddenly with very high temperatures barely at the end of June, beginning of July. Besides the material financial needs, people needed encouragement and emotional support more than ever. The social workers became counselors even more than before and had a big role in helping people distinguish between fake news and proper information, between panic and having a trusting attitude, between losing all hope and putting their faith in God. The medical needs are big. Many hospitals were turned into COVID-only hospitals, so patients with other problems were rejected. The cancer patients who were supposed to travel to other towns for treatment were postponed a great deal of time. Surgeries were put on hold, everyone focusing on COVID only. This had a big impact on people with chronic illnesses, cancer patients, or people in need of care. COVID monopolized every sector. We also had casualties among the people we support. Six people lost their lives to COVID-19, two from the poor families and four from the elderly project. In the second half of April, we managed to open a new project, Casa Ica, designed to accommodate sick people coming to Cluj for treatment from all over the country. After a few months, the house is full and we have requests on standby. Some people need to stay for weeks, even over a month and it would be impossible for them to stay in a pension or at a hotel, the costs being really big in Cluj. They all say Kasaika is a blessing for them. The elderly project took off well this year. We managed to begin the group meetings here at the office, but only in July. During the first months of the year, we took care of their health problems, accompanying them to hospitals, making sure they receive proper care. Some have been dealing with health problems for so long but were too scared to go to the doctor or didn't want to. We continue to make improvements in their homes and provide better conditions. We made collaborations with other organizations to obtain daily meals for some of the elderly who don't have the possibility to cook for themselves. We continue to make sure each feels cherished and treasured, especially during this time when they had to stay in their homes most of the time. We celebrated their birthdays in their homes and through regular visits. We continue to provide weekly parcels of fresh vegetables and fruits, also consistent food parcels at Easter time. We bought appliances. This is still a great need among them. Boilers, stoves, washing machines, vacuum cleaners, oxygen devices, etc. Amig Home worked against the clock this year with the children's school and exams they were facing. For the first half of the year, the house turned into a school, basically. Even though having online school was a big challenge, we're happy they adapt. It was hard work from both children and the staff, but the results can only bring us joy. Maria obtained good grades at her exams and she was accepted to the Arts High School. She prepared intensely for it as besides the practical examination, she also needed to present a portfolio. Christian had his baccalaureate exam, and he's the first in his family to take it. He aced it and was also accepted to university, an important one in our town. He's now working in a restaurant for the summer, earning money and experience. 
Simona also finished the eighth grade and she enrolled in a vocational school. She attended a special school before, but her desire was to be integrated in mass education and with hard work she succeeded. Alex finished the fifth grade with improved results. It's a huge effort for him, but he's got potential and receives all the help he can get to catch up with the rest of the children. All the other children managed to finish well. For the poor families, it was a difficult time. Those who worked without contracts lost their daily jobs and didn't even have a legal and didn't even have a legal coverage to obtain certain benefits offered by the authorities. Many of those who had legal jobs remained at home in technical unemployment, but some of the companies were shut down for good, so they didn't have a job to return to. We had to deal with COVID cases and even care for some of these who, because the hospitals were packed, were sent home before being in a state where they could take care of themselves. We could no longer organize a camp for children, but we still had meetings with them in their villages with the participation of a local church. The needs of these families, elderly, children, continue to be diverse. For example, we have a case brought to our attention of an old man whose income is 90 pounds and the monthly medication is also 90 pounds. Because he wasn't eating, only rarely, as his income was all spent on medication, he was often taken by the ambulance as he was sick or fainting. Another lady we recently met has both parents deceased, no relative, and she is 63 years old. Despite having an important job back in the days, she now confronts with some mental issues and is eating out of the garbage. Despite having an important job back in the days, she now confronts with some mental issues and ended up eating out of the garbage. She was famished when we met her and couldn't believe someone was willing to help her. Another one who's been living with her mother and is dealing with schizophrenia now needs to manage on her own after her mother passed away in the winter. The income they had was 90% insured by the mother's income, and now that she's gone, the lady has a very hard time coping on her own. Then, the massive exodus of population in our country deepens the crisis of elderly who remain without any support from their relatives, many of these leaving to work abroad. Their incomes are insufficient to afford staying in an asylum or a home for elderly. The complex problems require individual solutions for each case. The need for firewood is huge. Even though summer had just begun, we need to start planning for the autumn months and buying firewood in advance because it gets harder and more expensive from a year to another to find legally cut wood at decent prices. The costs have increased gradually since the beginning of the year and it gets harder for people in need to cope with the groceries expenses. Many have given up eating fruits, vegetables, meat and other products they can't afford. Therefore, we believe it's important to cover this side of their needs. Surely, there are still many who need appliances and other improvements in their homes for decent living conditions. We'd like to see every family enjoying the basic comfort a washing machine or a fridge provides, having bathroom in their homes and secure roofs that don't allow the rain to infiltrate. There are big floods in Romania right now. People in remote villages are isolated there by the floods. 
It's happening close to us, and many people have lost their homes. Few people died, many animals died, households are ruined. People need every help they can get with food, clothing, support to rebuild. The problem of education in the rural areas deepens, and we can see it with our own eyes, as the children don't attend school regularly, like they do in the city. Sometimes they are sent to work, other times, if it rains, the road to school is impractical, and so on. Also, for the first four grades, the pupils study all together. That means all grades doing the same subject with the same teacher. There can't be progress in this way, and without proper education, the children are fated to relieve the parents' lives. We've seen it with Alex from Amik. He's a child with great potential and a smart kid, but the struggle he's going through to catch up with his classmates because he's lost so much during the years he attended school in the village is a lot for him. He's worked incredibly hard because he realizes it's a great chance that he has. His sister will also be joining the Amik family, so she can also have access to education in Cluj. She is only seven, so she'll be starting school here in autumn. We want to support other children in the villages to benefit of proper education, and we'll try to direct more resources in this matter, as the requisites and clothes are not merely enough. We need to work on spreading awareness among the parents. Some do realize and accept their condition and want to make sure that their children will have the chance to proper education, one they never had. Romania occupies a shameful rank when it comes to education. We're behind even many African countries, but in a way, it's no wonder considering one in ten children goes to sleep on an empty stomach. We feel like this pandemic has deepened the gap between rich people and poor while many from the middle class has fallen into the lower social strata. The poor have become poorer, and it seems like many have a hard time covering the most basic needs, food, clothing, etc.